NAGP Resurrection, the podcast where we talk about this week in gaming news. Then we have a topic tonight is uh, talking about game trailers. The bad, the good, and probably the worst and the ugly. I don't know. And the sexy. And the sexy. Can trailers be sexy? We'll find out tonight. Oh, yeah. Yes. Can Lionel be sexy? We'll find out tonight. Hell no. (laughs) He's always sexy. Yeah. Big old teddy bear. If you like bears. Or an ugly fetish. Uh, Wait, is that a thing? Actually, yes, it is a thing. But I'm not going to go deeper into that one. Okay. Uh, All right. So that lovely voice you just heard is... Well, it's my voice, so I'm Joseph Brichette, and the next voice you heard was Lionel. I have one dry eyeball and one really dry eyeball. Then what you got to do is spit in your hand and rub your eye. That'll moisten that sucker right up. It also sounds like a good way to get disease. (laughs) (laughs) Spit in your mouth. Yeah, spit in my mouth. That's what I do every Sunday. And we have Mike. Hello. Why, hello, good sir. All right, well, what's first, what's first on the lineup here? First, first article by, from, get, by, from gamesindustry.biz. Esports path to profitability farther off than VR for publishers, says our favorite analyst, Michael Pachter. I love him. Yes, we all do. He's a great guy. I love this show on gametrailers.com before that went away. Was it he has a new sh- he, Yeah, he has a new show on, uh, on, I forget what the fuck it's called. You, is it YouTube or somewhere else? Or It goes on YouTube, but it's, oh, it's on Sifted. Sifted? I have not. It's Sifted. Shane Satterfield's new site. Ah. Um, it, I don't know what the deal is, but you, like, pay a little bit of money and you get his, you get, Probably a lot of other stuff, but you, you get Pactor show. Hmm. Uh, Is early. it called the Pactor Factor? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you get it a uh, a week earlier. Ah, well, he's always fun to listen to. Um, okay, so in this article, he's saying that he feels that the the esports. Uh, I guess just part of the gaming industry is going to grow much slower when it comes to making money than the VR industry, which is something I was kind of shocked. Well, I, I, eh, I don't know. It's I was kind of surprised that he said that. What? No, well, think about it. Think about um, how, how into gaming do you have to be to be in the esports? Now, how into gaming do you have to be to be interested in VR? Mm. It can be a very casual thing. I don't imagine there's a whole lot of casual esports watchers. I I don't know. I mean, I know esports is getting really, really big. I mean, it's gonna. I mean, it's starting to move its way on. You know, onto the TV. I think they're on ESPN and some other channels now. And I mean, it's becoming a much, much bigger deal. And more companies, publishing companies, are starting to kind of. You know, act as sponsors and stuff like that. But I mean, what he's saying in the article is that he feels, even though there's a lot, it's growing really, really quickly. It seems that publishers aren't kind of they're taking their they're doing baby steps with it. They're not kind of diving, you know, really fast into it, fast and hard into it. Unlike with VR, where all these big companies are pushing huge IPs behind with VR. So I guess that's why he's saying that VR is going to do better 
in the in the next three to five years while he was while he said the esports is going to probably do better in the next five to ten years so, well you got to have more people getting in the games because like why don't any of us watch sports i mean half of that is we're not interested but the other half is we could sit there and watch it but we won't know what the fuck is going on right that's true i mean that is a bit entry on these two things are vastly different yeah i uh, the barrier of entry, I guess, for esports is that, like you said, it is very hard to understand what is happening, especially if it's League of Legends or Counter Strike, when they pretty much start to develop their own language. Um, so that, that might be a bit difficult to kind of get in there and just really get into it. I know personally, I I I don't watch any Twitch streams. I don't watch any of any of that stuff at all because it's just I, I don't find it that entertaining because I don't know what's going on half the time. So. I mean, but it is starting to draw in a very large crowd. I mean, they get do they get like millions of views all the time for StarCraft and stuff like that. One of the things that's be factoring in is the element of personality. Mm. Like that's becoming bigger and bigger with uh, you know YouTube with the streaming. Like it's one thing to watch somebody play a game; it's another to watch somebody play well. But if they're entertaining while they do it, right. Mm, well, that's why the the commentators are such an important factor when it comes to doing esports because they're the ones that are going to make it entertaining. They're the ones that are going to try and uh, you know actually make sense of what's happening in the game. So yeah. maybe hopefully people who are not super into that in that world, I mean, can mm. kind of get a somewhat idea of what is happening. So it yeah, can seem entertaining get some degree to them. of entertainment from it. Yeah, I mean, despite of not necessarily being as knowledgeable. I mean, if you think about with boxing or MMA or something, when people are watching those things, uh, they may talk about a lot of different like moves and different like <laughs> grappling things and stuff like that. But what they tend to do is, as they're talking about it, they'll talk about the background of the of the the fighters. They'll they'll kind yeah. of explain, you know, what's happening in the long term, like how they yeah. got here, and it just it be, it starts to they start to attach a story to each of these these uh, these these fighters so that people who are watching even though if they're not mm. super into it and understand the technical aspect they can still connect mm. with the characters and don't want to follow them so yeah they'll also like explain some of the technical aspects like something will happen and i've seen it where they go into detail as to like what's going on why this is a big deal how hard this was yeah uh, yeah i mean there's a lot of room for that and i want to say you have a point there where like somebody really good on commentary could actually, you know, push this into the arms of someone who doesn't necessarily know. Yeah. So, but like you were saying, I mean, it's even though there's a lot of people now starting to really, you know, start watching the streams and participating and all like, you know, Evo and MLG and all those, all those big things. It's still, I don't think at the point where, you know, like Pactor is saying that it's, it's enough to really, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's still going to be a while. I, I think I, I get what he means by it. it's going to be five to ten years before publishers yeah. really start taking this stuff seriously and a large enough crowd kind of builds around it. Esports has been around for so long. I feel like what's why is there? I mean, there's growth, but it's within the industry. I don't understand why people are. What is this big deal? Why are we talking about this? Why is I'm esports suddenly at the top of the news. I'm thinking what he's talking about is games being specifically made for esports. 
the same way there are games being made specifically for VR. Yeah, I mean, you're right. But it, it does, you do pose an interesting question. It's like, why why are you comparing these, Factor? Because esports is becoming, I mean, even though it has been on for a very long time, it's in the past few years, it's really, really been taking off. Think really because of League of Legends. They're the ones that yeah. really kind of brought it yeah. to the front. So that's why you're starting to see more companies, you know, sponsoring more teams and like more games getting built from the ground up to support yeah. esports right out the door. So like I still don't care. Well, I'm glad I'm, you may not care, but it's still I feel a really interesting topic because it's becoming a big care. part of it. It's well, I hope um, it gets bigger so like I can find some sort of fighting game scene out here. Yeah, I mean, it's, nice. yeah, it would be. I mean, the bigger it gets, I mean, like I believe we didn't have the article in here, but the but at, uh, at MLG Super Smash Brothers has uh, the brawl. Like they, I think they just said it's had its largest amount of competitors enter into it. So I mean, it's more people are getting more excited for the whole competitive mm-hmm. esports scene. So it's Joe. Yeah, one day you got to do this before you die compete in at least one tournament i would like to i would come on man i will go with you i will hold your hand i will even play as well (laughs) yeah but but anyway (laughs) let's uh move on to the next one i can tell mike just does not give a shit so let's go on to the next part all right it's not that i don't give a shit it's that it's like i feel like it's not something that's it's gotten bigger but it's like why are we comparing this to vr again like that doesn't make sense to me. I think he's comparing it to it because these are the two really big industries, uh, parts, excuse me, industries, parts of the game industry that are getting They're, the most they've attention They've grown right now. so um, much. Right. Let's, let me, let they've, me put they've, my hat They've become the like sub-industries right. and uh, of themselves. And they become such a big deal. They're, I think that's why he's bring, com- even comparing them at all. They're, they're two big markets that are that the, his investors are going to look at and say, Exactly. Can we get a piece of that? That is exactly yeah, why. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. So, next article here by Polygon. World of Final Fantasy hits PlayStation 4 and Vita this October. So, I just kind of tossed this one in here because it's a part of all the other E3 um, news that's been kind of slowly seeping out because it's next week. And um, just real quick to go over this one. It's... Uh, Basically, as we know, we've kind of talked about this previously. Square Enix is trying to do whatever they can to make the Final Fantasy brand mean something again and actually well, make people care. What it used to. Right, what it used to. So what they're doing is they're, with this latest... Tra- uh, crap, it's playing. Damn it. Now, now, stop playing. <laughs> is this like Record Keeper or something? Bad trailer. Uh, Bad trailer. I, I wish it was like Record Keeper. This is pretty much... Um, they're creating a whole new world, a whole new story. Where it takes it, uh, it's about these two twins, and they're exploring the world, trying to find the lost memories of all like these other characters from the other Final Fantasy games. Yeah, it looks like Kingdom Hearts without the Disney. Pretty that that's pretty much it. Yeah, so that's that's it in a nutshell. This, this trailer was exactly like another trailer that we watched. <laughs> that I that it was a Kingdom Hearts. Like, yes. It's all. It's just like floofy, whimsical music playing in the background, and like a bunch of people talking about shit that makes no sense, and a lot of different characters running around. You just but don't up. you want to see those characters, Mike? That was the entire 
there was two trailers. Yeah. So, oh god, I, I mean, I, I love. So, fu- so wait, 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 Mike. What did you want? Did you, did you want like fucking uh, black metal over characters dying? I don't did know. You want I feel saxophone like saxophone over characters fucking. I feel like I'm talking about the editing here. It's just nothing. it's like like, okay music check we got it okay make sure we got them explaining things just pull it from different parts of the plot it's fine just we need people talking constantly there's no there's no uh, we'll talk about this later there's no uh, artistry to these trailers okay it's very it felt very disjointed there was a lot going on there and it's just like what is all these it's like they were just slapping all these different pieces together i was really confused i had no clue what was going on i haven't seen the trailer so i was just going by what mike's describing the whole you gotta watch the trailers yeah that's all these news items were yeah, did you watch? Did you watch all of them or any of them, Lionel? Or how many did you watch? Uh, no, I didn't watch any. Oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, do you actually? Well, me and, oh. me and Joe can talk about yeah. it. <laughs> uh, hold on, <laughs> Jesus. No, let's just keep going. No, no, no. I'm not telling you guys to stop. I'm going to watch them in the background. Jeez. All right. Well, that, that's there's pretty much not much more to say about Final uh, World of Final Fantasy. Well, you don't need to watch those Final Fantasy ones because we just explained yeah, that shit. <laughs> <laughs> watch uh, the Watch the Injustice and you know the, well the other three. Oh, I've seen the Injustice trailer. Okay. That uh, did you watch the Watch Dogs thing? Watch Dogs. I was never really interested in that. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> We're, uh, all right, <laughs> I'll watch it. No, no, don't. We'll just go over it. It's eighteen minutes long. Yeah. Um, Damn. We'll we'll, talk, we'll it's a whole thing. When we get there, we'll explain it. Yeah. Okay. What's next? Uh, all right. So, <laughs> so the next one actually was. So it, it is the watchdogs. Yeah. So it was. <laughs> it was watchdogs. So that after that one, it was injustice. So Lionel, you watched that one. So. Um, yeah. I personally haven't played the, any of the in, well, it was only one of them Injustice game. Uh, well, I, well, the the predecessor to the Injustice game was the Mortal Kombat versus DC, right? So um, you can include that. I know my little brother; he he loved that game a lot. I mean, did you guys? Either of you guys uh, play that game? I did, mm. but briefly, my PS3 <laughs> shat itself to death uh, while I was playing it. Uh, um, I played the actually was going through demos the other day and I played the Injustice demo again. Mm. It was fine. Mm. So um, there's not a lot going on. I think like maybe we've got a new mechanic in the uh, basically, you know, you got Toku in my DC heroes, you got DC heroes in my Toku. They can all hinge in. Pretty much into like a best armored form. Yeah, they kept showing uh, that. Like three, there were like two different levels of them transforming. They were showing for each character. It seemed like in the trailer. Um, I've heard some theories that, much like the way an alternate world Superman was the villain of the first one, uh, alternate world Batman might be the villain of this one. That would be cool. Yeah, I guess people are basing that on the dialogue. Yeah. Uh, it's hard for me to get excited about anything DC these days. Oh, yeah, they 
They haven't been doing so hot. Now, in the TV show world, they've been doing pretty good. They changed their fucking logo, too. And it looks it's like the logo they had before it was perfect. It was designed by one of the most respected design agencies on the planet. I wonder why they changed it. I don't know. They didn't say why. Probably wanted something simpler. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. Hmm, weird. But Pentagram has been doing these. They did the the Hillary Clinton logo too. Where uh, you, they're. Um, I always forget the damn word, but it's it's like you can take the logo and put it in different situations. Like the, the DC logo is, um, it looks really cool. I think it's ahead of Batman v Superman, where, where the. Uh, they do the motion version, so it, there's like a motion version, and then the print version is, it's it's kind of like a peeled page, and it's got an element where you can kind of switch out different imagery, hmm. and it sort of masks it, so it's it works in multiple situations. Nice. But uh, yeah, they changed it. I'm looking at it right now, so it's so it's just the blue. With uh, yeah, that seems kind of plain. Wonder why they did uh, whatever. It, the the weird round symbol with like the blocky letters is the new one. Yeah, it's I this what are they? Oh, whatever, guys. You guys are you do what you need to do. They're like <laughs> Nintendo right now. They really, <laughs> really are doing yeah. their own thing. They really are. And man, it's catching don't up give to a them. Shit. Yeah. Man. Um, okay, so what we got next here? Uh, oh, so the Kingdom Hearts. We talked about it a tiny bit. <laughs> I'm super confused on this one, too. There's, I, yeah, yeah, why Why is it taking them so long to count the three? I don't know. It's 2.8 <laughs> final chapter prologue. Jesus Christ, just get to three. Yeah. So it's, it's a prologue to three. Yeah. And it seems like the most notable thing here is they cut Roxas, not Roxas, uh, fucking Riku's hair. Yeah. I, I just, I just don't. It's two point eight. I mean, come on, who does that? So what is this? This is HD dream drop distance. Who know? It, it just attach more words, and then that's what you have. I, I just, it's ridiculous at this point. I don't know anymore. Oh, I, so I you play as Roxas. Okay, so it seems like they're just kind of like you're just going through all the old games. I guess the story. I thought this was like a, I'm seeing a, I'm seeing stuff from a bunch of different games. Like I saw. Yeah, I couldn't stuff. tell if it looked like some um, sort of collection, but also yeah. a new story at the end. Their story is so huge and so overly complex and convoluted. There's so yeah. much happening. Convoluted is right. It definitely looks pretty though. Yeah, the mm. game. The game. I've always enjoyed the gameplay of the Kingdom Hearts games. It's just the I, story is just so hard to. Follow. It's hard to follow. I appreciate I appreciate the art. I appreciate the characters. I like the mood. Mm. I don't know that there's there's a bit of weight to it without it being like soul crushingly depressing. Yeah, yes. Yeah. As I was watching this, I was just like I'm never gonna go back and finish Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't blame you, man. There's, it's just yeah, so it's not for everyone. It's so bloated. I liked it when I played it when I was younger, but it's just like, uh, mm. but now I'm a little older, and I, I I know I wouldn't be able to like tolerate the camera and the gameplay, and no, it's it's not worth it for the little bite-sized chunks of squall that I'd be getting. <laughs> that's really all I want. Yeah. I seem to be giving love to everybody, but but eight. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we. Uh, well, no, was, um, it wasn't on the list, but they just announced a uh, an HD remaster for PS4 of 12. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, which I looked at, and it's like, I wish this was coming to PS3 because it really doesn't look like they're pushing the PS4 hardware to get this thing done. No, it does not look like it at all. I mean, it looks fine, but it looks like I should be able to run that on PS3, which I would love because I never got to finish it, but I did like it. Mm. Okay, they're just tossing it back out to make a quick buck. I see nothing mm. new in that. <laughs> um, well, they actually put some new features in, I think, but I didn't read too much about it. Mm. All right, what do we got next here? Oh, Horizon Zero Dawn actually got delayed. I believe they're pushing it to the fall? What was the new date? Uh, well, also, we had a new trailer as well. This is the trailer they gave everyone after they made the announcement saying it's been it's been pushed. Um, it was pretty cool. It got a story trailer. Yep. It was pretty nice. It was long, which is, they gave you, they tossed a lot at you in, in, the, in the trailer. It's, it looks very strange. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what to make of it it's like a mixture of i i don't know i'm not really sure what to think it's weird it, it looks like see that's the only thing i'm really curious about is it seems like it's like a post-apocalyptic story but a post-apocalyptic story like set in a civilization civilization that ended maybe like two or three hundred years from where we are now like it ended then and then this is probably set like 400 years after that is what it looks like yeah because it, it looks like that's what i'm most curious about is that i want to know how all of these animals are like electronic and put together and how humanity is like reverted back to a tribal state yeah and probably views these things as like magical or something but yeah but they they still have the means to actually fight these things and mm-hmm. a lot of it seems strangely both primitive and technological it's like you got like a fucking spear but it it's got a little glowy bit at the end <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's it's it's, it's interesting it's, it's this interesting take on like the idea that for how far we go as a society we may end up reverting and then mm-hmm. that may end up going even farther or who knows but it's i know it looks cool like yeah, yeah. It, I don't know. It's not. It's not going to make me buy a PS4. <laughs> no, but it's it's definitely a, it's a nice nice new game, new IP to. Yeah, if I had one, I would definitely try it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this next article is by Venture Breed, Venture Breed, Venture Beats, and um, it's Venture kind of Breed. Breeds, briefs, boxers or briefs, boxer briefs, um. So, Final Fantasy XV, how Square Enix plans to woo a new generation of players. Oh, my. So, we kind of talked about a similar article uh, a few episodes back. And a lot of this is just kind of them going over a bit more in detail of, of that that previous discussion where it's just they're trying to expand the universe and they're betting everything on Final Fantasy XV at this point. Um, Again, yeah, not since the beginning has the name been more apt? Yeah, and there was one line in here I'm trying to find where they're basically saying, if this fails, if this if this Final Fantasy does not do well, they're going to have to take Final Fantasy, the series, in a direction that they don't want to take it in. So it's Or the, oh, the Konami direction? 
And yeah. what would that be? So they didn't specify uh, pachinko, Mike. Well, pachinko. Well, I wouldn't say that. They didn't specify they didn't specify exactly, but they did say that they're focusing on making mobile games. So they would probably mm. start leaning down in that direction. So I would not be surprised. Final Fantasyville. Probably mm. more licensing as well. Yeah. Um, um I I didn't I don't remember reading that, but it's, uh, it's in there. I can't remember the line. This was, this was, this was, I still kind of don't. Okay, it's odd. I'm more interested in the periphery stuff that they're doing rather than the full game. Like the anime seems interesting, and the the this animated CG thing that has Sean Bean in it. Um, but maybe that's part of their strategy. Is I'll watch those things, and I'll be like, oh, mm, I gotta play okay. the game. Play this game, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Sean Bean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're making. So the director of it made this comment saying that he's trying not to think about what happens if Final Fantasy 15 is a commercial failure. If that does happen, he said the series would go in a direction that we, the creators, would not wouldn't really be happy with. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't I think it's going to be. A, I don't think it's going to be a. Um, Failure. Finan- financial su- failure. There's no way. If there's so much hype and people love Final Fantasy, there's no way that this isn't going to sell. Yeah. And also, I think, because they're also really making sure that they just hitting all the marks with all the different types of media. So they're they're really pushing a truckload mm. of effort into oh, making this succeed. But sp- speaking of that... Mm. Um, the next news item we do have, we actually, I can't believe I didn't put that on there, but we have to talk about MGS3 Pachinko. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, please. Oh, such, such heartbreak. So what's happening with Profound that? sadness. Um, so MG, the, Konami put out this great trailer oh, with MGS3 footage um, rendered in the Fox engine. Hmm. It looks gorgeous, but it's only yeah. it's all for a pachinko machine oh. that they're making based on Snake yep. Eater. So, oh man, hashtag fuck Konami. Yeah, wow. It's sad too. It's like there was one minor change in there that like was like it, more than more than the actual models themselves. Was like when the boss gets ready to use the Patriot, she braces it on her arm. And that it just made so much sense. I was like, "Why can't we get a whole game of that?" Mm. Yeah, I mean, I always just said I wanted a, an MGS three where the lip movements match match the speech. because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, they never did that for the English version mm. for budget reasons. It looks like they reused the same motion capture. I could tell by the way Snake like not moved his head, but I know that game so well. The way he moved his head as he docked uh pretty much the same they just rebuilt everything in the fox engine man that's probably the same voice acting because i wish they probably own because i don't think akio otsuko would come back and, and do that dialogue again he's pretty yeah. tight with kojima uh but yeah i can only hope that konami will see the reaction and actually just give us an hd Fox Engine Snake Eater because I would play the shit out of that. Me too. Um, that would be amazing. Which is unfortunate to say because I really don't want to give Konami any money ever again. Wow. But if they if they did that, I would probably 
with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd have liked for them to do that with the uh, Castlevania assets. They made that, uh... Yeah, well, they made uh, uh, at least two, maybe three Pachinko games using uh, <laughs> beefed-up assets from a PS2 game that, you know, we never got any more than that. Mm-hmm. Man. Huh. Well, don't give a fuck. It just sucks that they're doing all this. They're like upgrading the game, making it better visually. But it's for a pachinko machine. That's just awful. It's like yeah. that's fine, it, but like, like do some other shit too. I mean, you have the it's assets. It's Konami right you're trying to to yeah. reason with. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They they clearly do and, not care anymore. And it's so sad that it's come to that. Mm. Yeah. God. You know what the saddest part is is. If I ever go to Japan, I'm gonna try and find it and play it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm a like. Well, I want to play some Shinko anyway. Mm. But yeah, <laughs> I'm looking, I am looking for that Castlevania machine. I'm looking for that Snake Eater machine. I'm and this is why the consumer all the never votes with their dollars. <laughs> why nothing changes in the industry? Oh god. Well, 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 here's here's another problem, Konami. Why can't we get those in the states? I've seen Konami <laughs> machines. At, in the fucking casinos, mm. but it's always generic ass shit. Why can't you give me Castlevania out here? I'll play a Castlevania slot machine. Damn. <laughs> mm. Someday, Lionel. Someday, hopefully. Um, Damn. Can you just like watch Snake fight people while I gamble and drink <laughs> and not smoke because I don't smoke anymore. Ah. Uh. Someday. I mean, the, the closest I've seen thing in the casino is like a plants versus zombie machine, and that's that's about. That's yeah, about really. Hmm. Give us more shit. Yeah. All right. So next article here by Adventure Beats. Indie studio hopes but does not know if Nintendo NX will support VR. So this one indie game developer was on. It was just talking about this new game that he was making, and he had mentioned that it was going to be for the Oculus Rift. And for the NX. And then as soon as he said that, of course, you know how the internet works. It just exploded thinking and speculating. That, oh, no. You know, so this means that the, you know, the next Nintendo console is going to have VR baked into it and all that, all that stuff. And, but then he kind of followed up with that comment saying, no, 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 no. I, I, you know, I, I don't even have an NX dev kit yet. I, I have no idea if they're going to be doing VR. So, you know, he, 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 uh, <laughs> he immediately responded to that. Yeah. So, this is just like I a, don't. I don't know what to think about this. I don't know if I if NX needs to stay. I think it's hard to say mm. whether they should do it or not. I think they should. I don't know if they will. Mm. It seems like it would be such a a classic Nintendo move for them not to do it and then and then be left behind on that front. And I don't know that they've learned their lesson. They've always been very trepidatious with with this sort of shit. Yeah. Unless they're the first ones to do it. They're like, oh we're gonna wait and see. Like Yeah, it's... I think I think Reggie was yeah, he said something a while ago about it. Like it's like, oh we're we're not we're not doing that. But yeah, I I wouldn't really be surprised if they didn't come out with VR and they ended up coming out with something completely new and way out there of their own creation. 
smell a vision. I, you know, at, at this point, I don't. I really don't know what they're doing. I really, I don't know. Really don't because <laughs> they Maybe. had originally they had originally planned to be at the C three, didn't they? Yeah, uh, and I, they backed out. Yeah, so I don't know what Nintendo's doing now. They are said that they are going to be doing a. Um, like talking about the new Zelda game and talking about a few other things, but no discussion at all about NX or anything related to that. So, ugh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing anymore. Mm, okay, let's move on to the next one. Every time I talk about Nintendo at this point, I just get ugh, frustrated. Uh, what we got? What we got? What we got? Oh, yes. By Wired Magazine. Oh, fuck. Did I just remove the link? I did remove the link. Oh, dear. Oh, that, was, that was not so Well, bad. ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to have to imagine what the story was about. Oh, but it's yeah. about it's about Doritos. We I got to get this link going. Uh, I kind of did too because they uh shit. <laughs> I tried reading it and then they were like, "Oh, I see you're using an ad blocker. How about adding us to your whitelist?" And I was just like, "Nope." Oh, fuck that. <laughs> All right. So, oh man, I just deleted the link. <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? Uh, I, mean, I actually really want to talk about this. So, so basically, if I can just get off, off from my top of my head, my, yeah, my memory, it's pretty much just talking about how Doritos, since now with their, since now there's more space freed up at E3, and because so many uh, like publishing companies and stuff are backing out of it and not showing up at E3, they actually create a 60 foot arcade machine on the outside, uh, and they have like I think they said like a 10 foot joystick or some crazy shit like that. And the whole reason they're doing this is because they see it as a great opportunity now because now they'll sell chips. Yeah, we'll sell chips and there's more space for them to set up shop. And with that and like remember, right across the street is that big event open to the public now. So like the better E three. Yeah. So they're they're seeing it, you know, like, all right, let's just move right in and just start doing some crazy stuff to take advantage of the fact that now, you know, there's more space and more room to do this kind of thing. So I would not be surprised. The whole point of the article was basically saying that it wouldn't be surprising that for all the future E3s, we start seeing more and more weird, out-of-nowhere companies start setting up shop and really just doing some crazy things. Uh, Look forward to that uh, all-state booth. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's coming. The Dennis Haysbert kissing booth. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, it's... At this point, who knows what's going to happen? I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know anymore. E threes, the marble red dating sim. <laughs> uh, well, the good thing that with this could mean too is that we could start seeing a bunch of like third party VR companies like setting up huge, you know, like I don't know, like just rooms or spaces to do these crazy things. So, who knows? This might be actually be a good thing, not a bad thing. Well, let's hope. Yeah. And Doritos. More good in this might, world. I see Taco Bell. Yeah, who knows? Uh, All right, let's see what I could use. I'm still confused about what the hell it was. It's just that it was the, just the article was just talking about what their what Doritos is doing. A six story arcade game. That's what they were doing. That's what that's insane. Yeah. So just just give me some more chips. Yes. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the next one here. Venture Beats. Spicy Nacho. Spicy Nacho. I'm not into spicy. Nacho's good, though. Uh, so, Venture Beat. Japan is getting cool a, ranch. A, a VR zombie shooting warehouse. 
with Cool Ranch. Yeah, that shit looked tight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... What is it? It's originally made by a company called Zero Latency VR. And I guess, uh, which Sega actually liked what they were doing so much that they are picking it up and they're gonna they're setting it up like a big open space for it in in japan so this is probably going to start becoming a really big thing in japan i would not be surprised at all and it looks did you guys watch the trailer it looks really really cool yeah it looked tight killing it zombies cool and like, i want to do it and the, and the gear they're wearing doesn't look like yeah. I mean, it's not that much it's like it's just like a little light vest a headset and a this big ass gun so and headphones yeah yeah um, see this this is yeah what, this is what gets me excited for vr for th- this this kind of thing hopefully see yeah. more of that. i mean it, it it's like the holodeck yes, yes. I, I can't wait to see what else we do because they kind of stuck with the obvious thing like well let's just do fucking zombie shooting people pay <laughs> for it and they will oh yeah and it's cool but i can't wait to see like could you imagine Kojima making one of these things? Oh man! Or, or, or someone else, like anybody, like Suda Fifty One. Someone dedicating like some time into like creating a world, or like even even Square, like going on an adventure with your buddies for like oh, that would be a couple so hours. Like, oh yeah, so it could tight. be amazing. I would. This is, I think, this is VR. This imagine. is like. This is it. Yeah. The bouncer. Yeah. This is this would I would love this. Or I'd love a, to see this. Or the creator of Silent Hill making a VR game. I'm sure that would <laughs> People oh, would die. <laughs> <laughs> they probably would. I would not uh, or get a heart attack. That is definitely something that could happen. Uh That would be cool though. Resident Evil. Ooh. That would be fun. Yeah. All right. Huh? It's just like uh, Nick Arcade. Yes. Yes. Like way yeah. tighter. Except, yeah, way tighter, and we'd play way better than those kids. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. For 15 bucks, you can get in there and just go nuts. I do that. <laughs> Let's just hope it doesn't become like a total recall scenario. <laughs> Next one here by M. MCV UK. Until Dawn creators sub submassive plot what? Supermassive. Supermassive. Yeah, there's no space there. Yeah, supermassive plots multi platform move. So what is going on with this? What's happening? Did I not read this? I didn't uh, read this. I didn't really read it. Easy like okay, is it the- what we just did. It's gonna get bigger. Is that it or what? No, Supermassive is a. Uh, they've been making games exclusively for Sony. Oh, okay. Um, their last game was Until Dawn, and I guess they have a couple games left in their contract, which are both going to be VR games. Mm. Um, and so, so this is what basically this is: is Sony losing uh, exclusivity rights with the third-party mm. developer. Um, so they're free to to make whatever their next big game is on other consoles. Um, and they said Sony have been really good to them, so it it could be that they just end up putting something on PC. 
mm-hmm. as well, but or it could be you know on NX and uh, Xbone as well. Which is the whole thing is kind of a it's a it's a blow to to Sony because mm. um, that's at least for me still the king of what console am I going to buy as exclusives. Um, Mm-hmm. And so Sony's losing, you know, they they did great with Until Dawn, but they they're not going to have that exclusive game with these guys again. Mm. So, I from the reading that I've been doing so far, it seems like Microsoft when they do their uh, their their conference at E3, they're going to be announcing a truckload of exclusives. So, it's seeming like uh, hopefully Sony's not going to be losing more. But uh, it seems like Microsoft wants to try and make a comeback here. So E3 is going to be rather interesting to see who is going to have more exclusives when it comes to all the upcoming VR games and all that ridiculous stuff coming. We'll see. We'll see. Mm. Uh, What's the next one? All right. Last article. Uh, is it seems like this was a follow up to a discussion we had in the previous show when Blizzard was shutting down those private servers. So apparently mm-hmm. now when they were talking to them, uh, that Blizzard they they're saying that Blizzard really actually does want to have the legacy servers tight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, they the article is that they actually talked to them. They Sorry, brought yeah. them in. Yeah. You brought the guys who made this private server in. At, to Blizzard, they're like, "Let's talk for two hours." And they ended up talking for like five hours, <laughs> and then and they let them good. leave and say whatever they wanted to the media. And they, they said Blizzard wants to do it. It's just a matter of like resources. You know, certain mm-hmm. assets aren't available anymore. They'd have to be recreated, and they have mm-hmm. to do all this shit. So mm-hmm. it seems like uh, a good on does, you, Blizzard. It seems like Blizzard does want to do it. It mm-hmm. seems like they're using this as I don't want to say PR stunt, but it's definitely partially a PR move to get the word out. Like, you know, when we put that statement out that said we can't just flick a switch and do it, like we're serious about that. Yeah. Like, and mm-hmm. they, so they, they talk to these kids about it. So it seems like they're willing to take some baby steps towards making it happen. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> they actually want to yeah. try and make this happen. That's fantastic, and that's good. I mean, uh, enough people have already said that they want something like this. So, um, yeah, it's interesting with the WoW movie being released that ugh. I, I keep seeing new WoW uh, mm. articles mm-hmm. <laughs> popping up. Yeah, that, did you see it, Joe? I haven't seen it, but I actually do want. I want to check it out. I mean, it's getting it's not getting great reviews, but I still want to see it just to see. Yeah, I think um, it's I think it's probably fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, and it's people who have seen it and they they they're kind of jumping hyperbolically into yeah. like, how bad it is. But I, uh, okay. I, there's no way it's that bad. I, if you look at the IMDb rating, like there's 17 critic reviews and their like Metascore is bad. But if you look at the user reviews, it's literally five uh, five um decimal points below civil mm. war it's got like a 7.9 on imdb right now which so, is not mm-hmm. bad at all the lo- a lot of the reviews that i have been reading so i've been really kind of curious about this to see you know why people are 
not liking it. And the biggest argument that I've been reading from the critics, they were saying that it's just it's catering way too much to the gamers. It, it, the game, the story. They didn't understand the story at all. It doesn't make any sense to them. But then when I read, where this but, isn't made for me. But, but then when I read uh, the the other articles, like more from the geeky type people, they're saying that it's actually a decent movie, and they followed the story and the lore of the game really well. So it's you know it's I I don't I don't know where to, to play. Yeah, that's just a side stuff with it. No, I didn't know about that. I saw a review today that was pretty fair. He was like. There's some exposition, like there's there's a world, and it's interesting. He said he felt like it was it was setting up uh, for two or three more movies towards the end, and and that might bother some people. But he said it was fine. It's muddled. Mm. It has a lot of points it's trying to make, and it doesn't get all of them across. But he said it was fine, mm. and I'm betting that it's just fine. Mm. What's his name? Duncan Jones. That he's the director of it. Yes, I think it was the director. Yeah, he's a, he's a great director. Yeah. So I mean, in directed Moon. Yeah, I listened to a few interviews with him, and I, like he didn't say anything about having any sequels or anything like that. But they said if they if they ever asked him to make another one, he'd be more than happy to do it because he's a huge fan of the games and all that stuff. So yeah, I keep saying I I don't know why they didn't get the director of Moon to do Starcraft. It that just would have made so much more sense <laughs> to me. Or a StarCraft Ghost movie, that would have been so cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I guess it seems like it's going to make its money back, mm. mostly from, from China. Yeah, international markets tend to really like those, yeah. kind of, those kind of movies. So I do want to see it. All I'll those gold farmers. Why not? Maybe I'll see it this weekend. I mean, it, I, it can't be that bad. I doubt it is. There's, no, It'll it's be not. Fine. I think it's that bad. I went and saw the Ninja Turtles movie this weekend. Yeah. It wasn't great. There's uh, no way it's worse than that. Uh, but Ninja Turtles gets to pass for some reason because it's supposed to be dumb fun, right? Because it's the Turtles. That's why yeah, I get to pass. I guess so. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like, they, I guess they got everyone with Bebop and Rocksteady. Mm. All right. Crying. Uh, Crying. Did they talk in the first person? Yo, dog, I heard you like brains. Mm. Right. Yeah, I don't think they're going to work like that other cartoon. So they didn't talk in first person? Yeah. Okay. The Krang are confused why Joe is asking why the Krang are speaking in the first person about the, f- the Krang. Yeah. The fuck? Anyway, right. moving on to the topic. Well, actually, no, I'm curious, Mike. Did they talk in first person? No, Joe. Did who? Seen it? Okay, so, so obviously, so obviously not. <laughs> if you don't even know what I'm talking about, never mind. Everyone um, talked it, in the first person. All right, it's it's well, Joe. In this case, it's probably not the crying. It's probably crying. No, it's, it's just crying. All right. Okay. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the topic. The about game trailers, good, bad, and maybe the ugly. Uh, Mike, break it down. Yeah, I just wanted to. Talk about some gaming trailers. Um, we're <laughs> we skipped an article, Joe. We did. Which one? Yeah, oh, Watch Dogs. Watch Dog one that I'm gonna take a nap on. No, you're not. What? Oh, the trailer. Yeah. Oh. Oh, you well, said actually, not, but lying in bed. So, <laughs> so. They 
<laughs> it takes place in San Francisco now. That yeah. That's oh hey now that's what you meant. Yeah. So oh so you didn't watch it yeah. while we were talking. So, about it? okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. It I seems mean, like they're trying to make this one more fun, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it, they're also doing a really. They're getting a little political here. The protagonist is a. Um, He's a young urban black male, mm. uh, and his backstory is that he's actually from Oakland, and he's been profiled by the police, and that's what makes him decide to become a hacker and kind of take justice into his own hand. Mm. And the whole thing is sort of about, uh, you know, all these tech companies are sort of, you know, they have access to so much information and whether they use it for good or bad and it's about uh, fucking with those guys so uh, it's really interesting plot that they're going for there mm. Um, mm. And they go really in depth like the trailer went really in depth into about yeah like, uh, yeah well here's his weird thing that he built himself that he used to fight with or you know he's doing parkour and all this shit like they're really kind of pushing like okay this is what the game is actually going to be. It wasn't, you know, the shit we got with the last Watch Dogs trailer. It wasn't this pre-rendered thing where it looks so cool. They, they very much just push this as, this is the game, this is what you do in the game. Mm. What, what I liked about the trailer out, um, is that they're, like you were saying, with the technology and all the tech companies, they're really, they're throwing like all the really like up-to-date stuff right in there i mean you've seen drones you've seen people like using printed guns like a uh, uh, 3d mm-hmm. printed guns i mean there's just like all the all the new tech stuff that's out now all these topics that have been discussed in the past like couple of months and like years so it's all just being crammed into this thing which i think i think that's like that's really that's really neat so that we're seeing all these different parts in there and i, I um it's gonna be i'm curious to know how they're gonna use all this stuff and like in what way they're going to use it a part of the story and things so yeah i'm very curious about the story yeah it's i've never it's like this guy's from oakland (laughs) and just that whole like (laughs) there i it's like i appreciate what you guys are doing you're and I hope they realize uh, <laughs> the gravitas of what they're doing. Yep. Um, saying he's from Oakland, he's been profiled by the police. They're obviously touching on a lot of yeah. uh, hot topics right now. Well, I mean, it sounds like the big villain here is gentrification. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It's really funny. Um, <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> what if it is? That's great. <laughs> That's what he's fighting for. He's fighting to save Oakland. Yeah, but it's like you look at the whole video and it's a lot of interviews with a lot of white guys. Yeah. True. So I'm kind of hoping. I'm that... sure they feel really bad, Mike. <laughs> I just mean, like, are they. I hope they, they did their research and they understand the, the material that they're putting forth. Yeah, well, they've got all the all the pieces. It was interesting. Together, they didn't they didn't interview one person who I wanted to hear from, which was whoever is playing this character. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, other than that, the whole vibe seems to be 
I guess that's what was what seemed to be missing, at least from the videos that I saw from the first game. It didn't have personality. People didn't like the main character, mm. so that's what they're trying to bring to this. But it also seems like it. Uh, if they give character to just the game, like even the hacking, it seems to have more personality. More in. Uh, they said they were looking at more of the culture of hackers, which is kind of funny and irreverent and. Uh, and humorous. It kind of, like watching it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, hackers or like the dude from the Bebop movie. You know, he has his little graphics that he used. So it's oh, spooky dokey. Mm, yes, yeah. <laughs> so they have this. It has a an interesting visual edge, but the whole thing kind of actually reminded me a lot of Mark Echo's Getting Up. Mm-hmm. And if you guys played that game, no. No. It was a game about tagging being a, being a yes, a graffiti artist in like a super corrupt, oppressive world and uh mm. you would go and get up and do tags and shit. Like on the epic missions and shit. That's what this reminds me of. <laughs> um I don't know. Maybe this will be their Assassin's Creed too. Mm. They they made a big point about listening yeah. to to the uh, the fans and the and the feedback and shit, you know. Well, I had zero interest in the first Watchdog, so this zero this, interest, zero interest. That so. first trailer didn't grab you. No, I had no, it about on a scale of one to ten, two. Yeah, it didn't do anything for well, me either. When I saw that first trailer, I was because remember we hadn't seen anything mm. from like next gen, and we didn't know this was next gen. When I saw that first trailer, I was like, "Wow, this is amazing! This looks incredible!" But and then when it came out, that's when my interest level like dipped well, severely. When I, when I saw the hacking, I was interested. When he like clubbed a guy and then got into a shootout I was like oh this is gonna devolve into the same old shit god fucking damn it and yeah I stopped caring yeah no the, the trailer didn't seem that it was fine I guess it, it didn't interest me that much um, uh, but this that looks really cool I like it Yeah, I want to um, tr- try this this had my attention now it has my interest hmm Good stuff. Uh, I think that was the last article then <laughs> that I skipped over. So. Yeah. Well, we can just jump straight back right. into the trailers. discussion about trailers since that's that itself was an interesting trailer because that's it's eighteen minutes long and it's and it's a pretty. Uh, Mm-hmm. in-depth description of exactly what the product is. Yeah. Uh, which is not what we're yep. used to really getting. Like, kind of the traditional model is like, you know, look at the way Kojima cuts his trailers. He still cuts them the same way he used to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, it's a It's a very... You know, we see a lot of that. We're going to see a lot of that at, at E3. Uh, a mixed bag um, of kind of what Watch Dogs did. They kind of did that with like the Mass Effect stuff early, early on. Um, 
this is Watch Dogs is pretty far along, which you you get the, the feeling that they they know how people feel about Watch Dogs, which is why they went so in depth. But uh, usually, I feel like we see that type of trailer, or we have seen it um, when there's really nothing to show. <laughs> it's kind of what they did way back when they announced, like I think Battlefield, uh, the Star Wars one, or whatever the fuck it's called, Battlefront. And then when they did uh, the Mass Effect thing, like they announced those super early, and they're like, "Hey, here's a bunch of interviews." Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. So, uh, I guess I'll just to kind of just start things off. Trailer wise, I mean, oh uh, come on, Joe, hmm? smash Joe. Yeah, I mean that those were the, out of that place. Yeah, I mean that was I, I I liked how they were doing that. Actually, you know what? So this kind of brings up an interesting topic with game trailers. It's just just like with movie trailers, they they're all about, you know, getting you hyped, getting you excited for what's coming out. And I think we've talked about hype before. They can kind of overdo it, especially with the Smash Brothers Dojo thing. What they did with that was they kept releasing trailers for each individual character as they came out you would think that okay that's really cool right you get to see all the new characters as they come you get to see all their moves that's great but they just kept releasing too much to the point that when it finally did come out it was just nowhere near as you know exciting or interesting as you thought it would be from seeing it yeah. so well um, there's a difference be well, there's something to add there is that it wasn't just a different trailer for every character because that that's working pretty well with Street Fighter right now. We, you were getting like information on like assist trophies, uh, levels, uh, in game items. Uh, oh no, they were dumping everything, at they were, yeah. yeah, they weren't leaving anything even for you to be excited about at that point uh but like but actually let's go on to street fighter like the street fighter trailers and how they've been revealing the characters i mean the way they've been doing it i mean they kind of just been showing them off like showing off what they're what they can do how you can use them stuff like that i mean like lionel do you how do you how do you feel about that i mean that approach to it i mean does it get you excited every time you see a new one or or what yeah i think it's been working pretty well i mean there's like varying degrees of excitement based on the character but like you guys you guys remember mm-hmm. how I lit up when that guile trailer came out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah you guys were talking about this when I wasn't on but you talked about the uh, the mad world trailer for uh Gears Gears of War. Of War. Yeah. do you guys prefer yeah. like the the artsy shit or do you just want to see like here's our game? Like, um, and this is what it is. I prefer a focus. I, I want to see both, but I prefer a focus in both mm-hmm. case. I'm not as big a fan on the, oh, here's some story. Here's some gameplay. Here's some story. Here's some more gameplay. I'd like a big gameplay trailer and a big story trailer. So It depends on the game, I think. So for me, I actually, I like it when they do the whole artsy, farsy approach first. 
because that way it kind of piques my interest and like makes me start wondering, okay, what yeah. are they, what are they trying to like, what are they trying to show me here? What's going on? I mean, another really yeah. good example of that was the dead Island trailer where people were kind of like, they didn't, <laughs> what they saw in that trailer is not what they ended up getting. And the way that they approached that trailer was very like, is more artistic than it wasn't. It wasn't like about it had a play. concept. Yeah, right. That's it wasn't thing. even yeah. about the story. At exactly. All, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that I love. I love stuff like that I, because it just it gets me interested and in wanting to know more about the game. So I like it when things go that direction first, then later. See, see I, I think I think sometimes it makes sense to do that. Mm. Like. For a Metal Gear game, I expect those incredible trailers that are cut and edited to music, mm-hmm. you know, from Kojima. But but with something like Dead Island, I think it's a little, maybe a little inappropriate, <laughs> um, considering the the game is nothing like that. Now mm-hmm. that was a, that was a little wrong, though. People got pretty pissed with that. <laughs> Because it, 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 it was nothing like what they wanted, but I don't know. I still like what they what they what they, they, they did with it. It just seemed like they were having fun with it, even though. It was... Yeah, I mean, I appreciate it, but I think I think I think publishers are starting to realize more and more that people want the truth. Yeah, uh, especially especially after that whole Watchdogs debacle and after the kills of thing. Mm. <laughs> Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I I don't know if I told you guys, but I saw that movie recently. <laughs> Is it good? I've been it, it's not bad, mm-hmm. but I've been saying that shit at work all week. <laughs> but, you know, uh, huh. It's uh, it's rough because there's I love watching movie trailers, mm-hmm. and sometimes you get an amazing trailer for a film that's just okay or a film that's dog shit like Godzilla had an amazing trailer and that movie was fucking awful (laughs) Um, and sometimes movies like the last two Captain America movies don't really get their due they don't really get a great trailer but they're amazing films Mm -hmm. but uh, (laughs) I feel like MGS5 did that all the best oh, parts yeah. of that game were were in the trailers. That trailer is so amazing. <laughs> all of them, all of the, every trailer that they did was incredible, but the the game just fell apart. Mm. Um, I don't know. I and oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say that. Um, I think, at least for me, anyway, that when. It, when it's a, a coming from a really big established company where I know that their past games have been really good or whatever, I don't mind seeing like the, the artsy fartsy stuff or just something that's not showing a lot of gameplay because I know that eventually they're going to be showing something interesting. But when it comes to a, an indie game, I've noticed that I tend to need to see gameplay immediately or else I just don't. Well, you, you, don't have like a, a pedigree to fall back on. You don't have prior experience. It's like mm. I want to say I was listening to the podcast, okay. and they tend to be that because they don't have those marketing budgets, right? Yeah. Well, well yeah, I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about, um, like, namely Kickstarter trailers, mm. where 
where like you'll see a lot of gameplay in regards to these big name guys, but you'll see a lot of small companies, just some guy in the screen talking like, hey, what's going on? I'm going to try and make this game. It's like we, we've got, you know, we can't tell what this thing's going to be about. and You're trying to get money out of us. We're going to need a better idea as to what's going on. Right. Yeah. yeah. Whereas they can tease you these big budget productions. Like Konami yeah. did a whole, f- or Kojima did an entire fake trailer for MGS5 before announcing what it was. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Talking about indies, let's let's bring it back because trailers are huge now, and we're about to, you know, E3 is kind of a trailer. trailer. It's, it's almost a trailer festival. Yeah. But uh, trailer buffet. We all know a time where our first exposure to games coming out wasn't trailers because we didn't. There was nowhere to get it. It was magazines. And then we started getting, like, when the the PlayStation came out, we started getting disc based media and they could shove trailers on demo discs. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, before the internet. Yes, (laughs) Yes, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was a, definitely more of a specialized thing. It's like try not to see a trailer for something now, whereas you had to hunt. Mm. Yeah, and like usually you got a good trailer for something somewhere. It was like a coveted item. You know, you mm. might get this demo because it's got a specific trailer for something. Oh yeah, back back before we were just bombarded with all these trailers and media and all this stuff all the time. Uh, whenever I would get a hold of a trailer, it was like sacred because it was just it was something that was so rare because you could only get it on those CDs with the magazine. That was the only time you'd see something like that. And it just mm-hmm. felt really special. And I got it just got me so excited for the game because it was such a rare thing. I mean, now it's just normal and it's expected. But yeah, that was definitely something. different. Yeah. What's yeah, the greatest that magical feeling? <laughs> what's the What's the greatest video game trailer of all time? The one that I remember watching over and over and over again was the Bioshock trailer. When I first saw that <coughs> first person one, what was that? That first person one. Yes, when I first saw that, yeah, that trailer, was pretty good. it was pretty pretty amazing. I remember watching it many, many, many times. Because it just seems so different and so new and all that, and it like from what I saw in the trailer, it seemed like there was going to be an incredibly deep story and lots of crazy stuff was going to happen. I mean, that, what was it? What happened in it? And Bioshock. Well, it's, it's a first the trailer. Oh, the trailer. Trailer where uh, basically the person you're looking through the eyes of is chasing a little sister, and they eventually get attacked by a big daddy. Because he, he first appears in Rapture, and then he, like he ends up encountering a Big Daddy and all that stuff, and it's just the way it's done, and just the we you, you get to see him using one of the I forgot I forgot what it's called. I think he's got the wrench, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, one of the it's and you see the it was a plasma. Yeah, it was a plasma, and you see like the bees coming out of his hand, and it's just he's freaking out, and it's all that craziness that's happening, and then I believe it ends with like a Big Daddy like knocking him over the head or something, and it's yeah. just. Well, I know I a drill I, goes through his hand at one point. Yeah, yeah, that happens too. So it just. I think I sort of remember this. Yeah, no, it was pretty. It was pretty amazing, and mm. it, and it got so much attention. I mean, it just people like fell in love. It was like that period of time where people just fell in love with Bioshock. 
I mean, just yep. Kevin, Kevin, Ken Levine was just on everybody's mind. Yep. Then that went away. Mm. But, but yeah, that's what I remember being my favorite. Hmm. But is it the greatest of all time? Ooh. I think it might be up there. It's up there, but it's definitely not the greatest. What do you um, think's the greatest of all time, Jumbo Cables? Um, I really don't have an opinion on greatest of all time. Uh, a lot of that is just going to come down to popularity. Uh, and impact. And impact, sure. I can't really think of anything in regards to greatest of all time. I do remember, and maybe it's just because I like got to see it firsthand with one of my coworkers. Uh, the pop over uh, this recent uh, Fallout, where it's mm. not just you know first person POV. You've actually got a character you're playing as. Yeah, and that's uh, that's another interesting aspect to the trailer is when that they're they're released you can when they're released you can kind of get a sense of how many trailers they're going to be uh like like fallout that came out and then the game was out like what four months later yeah so uh what else and watch watchdogs just did that like they they showed off the trailer they had a teaser in the morning and then it's full on like eighteen minute description of what the hell it was, and then the next day, and then they're like, "It's coming in." What did they say? November. Yeah, somewhere on there. Yeah. Hmm. What was another big one? Skyrim. I remember that being a a really big deal for a while. Uh-huh. Skyrim. Um, Modern Warfare, the first one. Ooh. Oh yeah. Call of Duty Two. That was back when countdowns were starting to get big. It was oh, yeah. the first one. Modern Warfare One was the first one that like that I remember at least having like a countdown and then it had this great like just audio excerpt and you could see like the uh, the vocalization describing and then the, the trailer finally hit and it was it's like Call of Duty. <laughs> we we were jumping to the present and it's yeah, cinematic, and it's next gen, and it's beautiful. That's a big one. It's very big one. Yeah, people lost the mind. I, I think the the biggest one ever, which I scrambled with, and maybe I'm biased because I'm a Metal Gear fan, is the trailer for Metal Gear Solid Two. That was just a humongous deal when it came out because I remember getting the trailer on in like an OPM on a CD and finally be like, yes, I have the trailer. And they they were like, you know, this isn't even the full quality. Like PSU graphics look better than what we could squeeze onto this disc. <laughs> um, but the, the game was just so like MGS was a huge hit. And then announcing that there was a sequel before we knew anything about the game, you know, it showed up, it was long. It showed off the story it seemed like it was going to give us everything we wanted a Metal Gear sequel to be. Mm-hmm. It showed off these little, all the graphical details, the rain, the lips moving, the the bullets, the, the you know, the gun battles, all the glass breaking. It was just insane showing off mm-hmm. the, the tech because that was really, that was the last time that we got 
a gigantic leap uh, in graphical fidelity between console generations. Oh yeah. So it was just such a, a huge, a huge deal. Everyone was talking about that trailer. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. The classics. Yeah. That was maybe like the biggest one, I guess, in regards to like uh, mass appeal. I can probably think of. I mean, I can think of some other ones, but nothing to that degree. Like, I remember the one time I was honestly interested in Halo was one of the Halo 3 commercials. Namely, I want to say it was the Japanese cut of like a TV spot trailer for 3 that like painted Master Chief in more of a superheroic light. <laughs> like he was a yeah. military themed superhero rather than some soldier and I was like that looks kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. I don't think I saw that, but I do actually remember that was a really Halo 3 had a really big huge campaign. Um <laughs> And one of the trailers that stuck out with me it was a live action one. <laughs> was, little kids talking about some shit. No, it was it was really like taking itself really seriously. Like it was a an old war veteran visiting like this memorial. Oh, I remember like, that. Like t- talking about fighting alongside the Master Chief, and something about it was like I was like, this is this almost feels wrong. Like, it's a good ad and it's cool and it, but it's just like, it's Halo. Right. It's like, it's right. like you Halo can be more, but it's like you're gonna get teabagged, and and now you're talking about this emotional. I know it was Halo was always more fun than that ad, but I did love yeah. the ad. I love the idea of it. Well, it's or, or uh, it had its own like campaign with like crazy ass lore, including a what cosmic horror con- hive mind controlling zombies and a crazy space cult. And- well, see, that's the thing though. Like they've the the creators and they take it very seriously. <laughs> There's a lot of lore there, a lot of backstory, all the characters, yeah. everything. It's not a lot of teabagging. Yes, but that's that multiplayer. Too. Yeah, those are almost different worlds, uh, mm-hmm. which is what people care about. So, um, so also, the- so you'd rather a commercial about teabagging? <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> so, so, so actually, I believe with, with the, um, the same commercial you were talking about, Mike, there was a, a bunch of follow-up ones. I remember one where they they, they focused in a room, and it was a bunch of little figurines, a little like in a, like a little, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember like the whole commercial was just them like just doing background noises of like some big war. And it would just show the little figures of the Master Chief and all the other things. And they're just like, that was pretty much the entire commercial. It was just them yeah. focusing on that. I remember vaguely, remember yeah. one where it's like some kids out in the sticks, yeah. like looking up at the stars in the middle of the night talking about something. Yeah, that was. I want to say it was kind of like implying they were on another planet or maybe they were on Earth and it was us. And yeah. This, Whatever was going on with the chief was happening somewhere else, and these kids were just kind of looking up, wondering. Yeah, no, th- their stuff has always been very dramatic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, very. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's funny. <laughs> you know, it's weird how the, the gaming presents itself on TV. Because mm-hmm. that's a whole nother thing. TV advertisements. Yeah. For games. Yeah. Um, I know there were ones before this, but I remember like when I saw that first uh, Final Fantasy 7 ad on TV it wasn't just like a big deal to me it felt important yeah this it, was, it was dramatic yeah I remember that one it was really melodramatic uh, yeah yeah it was good it was good I mean, there was a lot of fun ones. I think I remember ones that stood out within that same time period were the ones for Contender, where it's just people getting into fights. Quest 64. Oh, and man. It sets the standard for RPGs on the it's Nintendo 64. <laughs> no, it did not. I played yeah, and, and, and then And then fucking Ocarina of Time came out and blew its butt clean off. Yeah. That, yeah. that quest but, was, um, was not good. Joe, do you remember the secret of Evermore? <laughs> that was actually that trailer. Oh my god, it's dark. It's very, very dark and creepy. If you go back and watch it, it's, yeah, it's violent. It's just, it's not. It's scary. <laughs> I can't believe they showed that. It's scary. Yeah, it was actually. Yeah, I was kind of like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> Like baby jumper cables was a little uneased by that game. It's like I don't know if I want to play that game. It was a really good game though. But yeah, it just seen that trailer. Yeah, I don't know. Don't think little. Uh, I don't think parents would want to buy that game for their kids. I'm <laughs> that. Yeah. Mm. Good but stuff. yeah, I know. We'll see what kind of. What kind of new shit we get next week? Yeah, I'm excited. So it all starts on Sunday, so it's yep. it's when all the trailers are going to start coming. Fingers crossed for something that gets me as hyped as that first Devil May Cry three trailer. What did you uh, like uh, about that uh, trailer uh, the uh, most? What got you excited? Well, about it? that was mainly a gameplay trailer, but it was just kind of like. Look at all this cool new shit you're going to be able to do. And Devil May Cry is all about doing cool shit. Uh, Devil May Cry 3 in particular was a big deal because 2 had kind of flopped. Mm. And with that one video, they kind of restored everyone's faith. Mm. Like, you're looking at that, it's like, okay, this is what we wanted. This is what we wanted to see. We wanted more attitude. We wanted more ass-kicking. We wanted crazier combat, more difficulty. Attitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. So many twelas. They're coming. They're coming. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Alright, Zad, any more words to say, fellas? No. I, I guess I'm good at it. All right, all right. All right, let's move on to uh, games, recommendations, and what we've been playing. Uh, Lino, how about you first? Oh, I still haven't. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with your voice, Joe. Yeah. Mike seems to enjoy it. But, uh, 
recommending things. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, uh, listeners, uh, do you happen to like character action? Mm. It's, uh, Steam's got some Devil May Cry games on there. You can, what was it, Devil May Cry 4 or DMC, if you like that, if you like more of a punk aesthetic. It's like a frantic, fast-paced, uh, very intricate combat. Um, yeah, I'd say if you have to, if you have to choose between the two, go with the Devil May Cry Four Special Edition. You get more characters; they're a bit more varied, and it's just a bit, it's just more fun, over the top, exciting. Hmm. Once again, they're both good. I, wasn't there a humble bundle where they sold like a whole bunch of Devil May Cry stuff? I want to say it was a Capcom bundle. That's, that's probably what it was. And it had like Devil May Cry and Street Fighter Four and uh, the Dead Rising games. And, hmm. Yeah. What would a Devil May Cry fighting game be like? I wonder if that would be good. Um, well, you kind of get a piece of that in uh, Marvel vs. Capcom. There's, uh, I want to say, three different Devil May Cry characters in it. Um, it would be an easy transition Hmm. if you just kind of did it straight, maybe have like a style element to the combo. Um, I feel like people from character action games blend pretty well when you put them in fighting games. Yeah, Hmm. it's a pretty easy transition. Hmm. Yeah. I know Kratos was in like the last Soul Calibur or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. He was. Let's say he was also in... Uh, a DLC character in Mortal Kombat 9. Huh. That's right. Wow. <laughs> oh, and man. yeah, I'd say he's, he's a real good fit for Mortal Kombat because he is a brutal ass motherfucker. Yeah. Kratos. He's coming back. I think that's like. Yeah, that, Viking, that was stupid. Viking that's stuff stupid. or whatever. Norse. It's like what? All, all you had to do was keep the name. And do a new story, new story with different mythology. Nope. Nope. Okay, Kratos has killed all the Greek gods. Now he's got to kill the Norse gods. Do 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 do. What's uh, wrong with that? That's stupid. Why is it stupid? Just let Why it in. Why? I mean, do something. You can have the best of both worlds here. You can do something in Norse mythology. Do a completely new and interesting story utilize the same elements it can be a spiritual successor with some new shit but no it's like dirt to dirt kratos you, is the unstoppable killing machine let's do you just not like kratos i'm kind of sick of him you gotta <laughs> understand kratos is also the face of the brand yeah he is god of war <sighs> you can't yeah. just toss that up. it'd be like doing a, it ostensibly would make sense but it'd be like doing another uncharted without nathan drake Oh. Why, why can't you uh, whatever the, the, at least Nathan Drake is charming Kratos is an asshole he's yeah, fine that's he's not fine he's an irredeemable prick he's fine he's a no, fictional he's character play too <laughs> but he gets the ladies <laughs> he practically rapes all <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, I don't even know how we got on this. Oh, I brought animation starts with him grabbing them by the back of their head. <laughs> okay. All right, Lytle. All right. I can see how you feel about God of War. <laughs> Jesus. 
did not know this. Uh, Mike, up with you. What do you even play? Nothing. All right. Recommend something. Anything. Recommend God of War, maybe? Oh, jeez. Uh, let's see. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It was a good game. I'm sorry. Wait, have I played anything? Yeah, I haven't played anything since I beat Hotline Miami 2, I think. Except for, like, Skate and maybe some Tech and Tag. But I don't know. I'm looking at my my wall here, and uh, there's a couple things. Uncharted 3 is really good. People underrate that game a lot. Mm. Um, I I like a lot that it does. It's it has a lot of great sequences. It's super fun. I'm also looking at Red Dead Redemption. If you haven't, you should get on that shit because I'm thinking bold E3 prediction next uh, week. They're gonna announce another one. We'll see. Red Dead Two. Oh yeah. Yeah, we didn't even do any E3 predictions. Oh, shoot, you're right. I predict... Uh, I got nothing. Well, Nintendo's not going to be there, so so much for my yearly prediction of Reggie finally eating Miyamoto on stage. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you just have to move those to the Nintendo Directs. Yeah. Um, The funny thing is, is you could probably actually have that happen in Muppet form. Mm. Yeah. It'd be very strange to see it happen in Muppet form. I want to see that yeah, in real life. I'm down. Really, I'm down to see anything happen with Muppets short of, like, uh, illegal shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. You want to see Muppets rob a bank? <laughs> it's great. Well, no, I, I'm, I'm talking, like, creepy illegal shit. Mm. I'm down with Muppets robbing a bank. That's tight. <laughs> Silly. Mm. <laughs> I'd watch a, a movie about Muppet laundering schemes and mm. Muppet racketeering. And what, what if there was to catch a predator, <laughs> but with Muppets? Like that's that's the kind of creepy shit I was talking about. <laughs> instead of instead of Chris Hansen, it's Kermit. <laughs> yes. Kermit. So yes. I heard you were going to meet a fifteen-year-old girl. What's that you brought in your bag? Oh, yes. Yes, all of that. Ah. Mm, coronas. Ugh. What are you doing, Elmo? <laughs> oh, no. Not Elmo. Oh, Elmo just like little boys. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. You tainted Elmo. Why did you do that? No, the guy who controls Elmo tainted Elmo. Oh, Jesus. I didn't even think about that. It's a, he's a big black man, too, so I don't know why I brought that I up. I forgot about that. That, if you ever watch, if you ever watched the document, was it Being Elmo? That's a fantastic yeah. documentary. Uh, okay, what have I been playing here? Uh, oh, yeah, I started replaying... The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. That game is fucking fantastic. It's so good. It's so, so good. When did it come out? Mm, I believe it came out in 2013. It's pretty... It's a couple of years old. It's like three years old at this point. But it is... It's probably... It's highly rated, and for good reason. Uh, it's so... It's just like the gameplay... Basically, it's taking place in the Link to the Past world, 
and mm-hmm. they're kind of like remixing it a bit and adding a different story to it. And it mm-hmm. still go to the dark world and all that good stuff, but it's just the, the dark world. The the way they've approached it, they've made it into an open world game. So like how the very first Zelda game was, where you can pretty much you don't need to find any of the special weapons. You pretty much buy all of them at any point in time during the game. So uh. so you don't have to explore the dungeons and get them that way. You get them all right in the very beginning. Every you single... can get them, them nikes immediately. Yep. And then you can... Uh, there's seven dungeons, and you can go and complete them in any order you want with any of the weapons that you want. So it's it's pretty, it's pretty nice and a bit different from the more rigid formula. Uh, kind of like... Uh... Kind of like when they finally gave you a Metroid game where you didn't lose all your shit in the opening sequence. Yeah, right, exactly. So, that game is really fun, especially for Zelda. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, that's all I've been playing, really. Um, Doom's been pissing me off, so I took a break on that. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's it. All right, um... Let's tell the listeners where they can find our shows. Lionel. Uh, you went further and further back in time <laughs> with each word of that sentence. <laughs> All right. By the time you finished it, you were in the 40s. Oh, <laughs> my, oh my voice. Ah, yes. So, where can they find your show? Um, well, they can find all our shows at heylistenradio.com, which hey, hey. is a website that if you happen to be on SoundCloud on the regular, you can check us out there at Hey Listen Radio on Facebook, Twitter, uh, if you want to subscribe to us via something, so you can get to us through Android, iTunes, and Google Play. Yep. Yeah, if you want to find my show in particular on any of those places, you want to look for the old Taku connection. Uh, at the time this comes out, our most recent episode will be us looking at the live-action adaption of the Giver. Uh, the Giver. The Giver. Featuring Mark Hamill as not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's... Mark Hamill. Mustache Hamill. Yes. Congratulations, Mark Hamill. You just got a million Instagram followers. Oh, well done, sir. <sighs> Folks are going to be telling you to bring back the stash, even though I'm pretty sure he's like fully bearded right now. God, I want that yeah. stash. Just want it twisted. Oh, dear. Got that feeling. Oh, my. Mustache feeling. <laughs> um, I'll talk well, well Mike, why don't you tell them where they can find that mustache feeling? He can find that mustache feeling at Hyper90s on Twitter. My show is called Hyper90s Like Guys Breakdown. And we just did a show on Capitan America. Capitan. Yeah. So uh, listen to it. And then go see Civil War for the third time. (laughs) Feed the Marvel machine. And then listen to the post-credit stinger. And yeah, that too. 
It's good stuff. Yep. It's all good stuff. And for this podcast, you can find us, stalk us, tickle us, just like Elmo at NAGP. Stop me. At N- I love the attention. At NAGP Returns on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. And all right. Last section of the night. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, thoughts. Um, Square, I can't make heads or tails of you right now. I, I, I want you to be doing better. Please be doing better. Yeah. So the enemy is gingerfication. <laughs> yeah. That's happening. Let's see what you got, watchdogs. Yep. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, I think uh, Joe's giving me the sign to wrap it up. No, so, uh, no. Continue, sir. Take as long as you need. I don't know. VR's looking kind of tight, at least in Japan. Oh. I'm hoping to see, you know, more shit like this. Uh um, when we gonna get, cause I've heard rumors of a ghostbuster scenario. We got a zombie shooter scenario. Ghostbusters. Yep. Uh, where'd you yeah. hear that? We talked about it. Yeah. We talked about it on the episode you weren't on. Oh, okay. That's probably why then hmm. they're saying it up in New York. Yeah. So let me think. When are we gonna? Get, ooh, ooh! When are we gonna get that magnificent seven? Hmm. <laughs> when are we gonna get that badass western shit going? When are we gonna get Tombstone? It's coming. <laughs> when do I get to tell somebody I'm their Huckleberry? <laughs> Whoa! In VR. Ooh, ooh! Even better. Quick draw. Quick in the dead. There you go. Give me, am, I, am I fast or is Sweden just a small place? <laughs> give me give me a high noon VR game where I gotta walk around the town and try and ask everybody to help me and then everybody says no <laughs> for, for an hour and a half and then I just do the shootout by myself. <laughs> oh god. That sounds awful. Yeah. Uh that's an experience. Yeah, yeah. Give me that uh Django, original Django. Though you can give me the uh, new one too. Mm. Django Unchained. Django's yeah. good. Mm. Yeah, I want to like drag a coffin around for an hour and a half. <laughs> it's a really cool movie. Yeah, still need to see it. <sighs> mm. Jamie Foxx's freckles scare me away. Black people freckles. Yes. He's gonna time travel mm. back forty years after he becomes Morgan Freeman. Uh, <laughs> that's what my sister calls me. Yeah, the two of them are ex- existing in stable time loops. Yep. All right, Joe. What do you? What are your thought and thoughts here? Well, well, Joe. What I learned today was same thing Lionel learned. Square. 
I hope the sweet Jeebus that Final Fantasy 15 does well. <laughs> I hope to God. Because I don't want... I, I don't want the Final Fantasy games to go downhill. They're already starting to go downhill. I don't want them to go further. Oh, yeah. They've been downhill for a minute. Yeah, so... We'll see. I want. I want to see. I want to see stand upon the mountaintop again. Yep. All right, uh, Mike. You got any final thoughts? No. 